Hello and welcome to What the F*** Just Happened Today, your essential guide to the daily shock and awe in national politics. I'm Joe Anditas. Let's get to it. It's Monday, December 4th, 2023. Welcome to Day 1049. A three-judge panel concluded that Trump does not have absolute immunity from lawsuits seeking to hold him accountable for the January 6th riot at the Capitol. The panel concluded that Trump's incendiary speech to his supporters near the White House on that day was not an official presidential act and therefore not protected by presidential immunity. The chief judge added, when Trump acts in an unofficial, private capacity, he is subject to civil lawsuits like any private citizen. The ruling allows a number of lawsuits to move forward, including several brought by members of Congress and injured police officers. The court, however, left open the possibility for Trump to try to prove that he was acting as president rather than as a candidate for re-election when he addressed the crowd at the ellipse. Hours later, the judge overseeing Trump's criminal election subversion case ruled that he had no protection from prosecution as a former president. Judge Tanya Chutkin wrote, Whatever immunities a sitting president may enjoy, the United States has only one chief executive at a time, and that position does not confer a lifelong get-out-of-jail-free pass. She added that Trump's four-year service as commander-in-chief did not bestow on him the divine right of kings to evade the criminal accountability that governs his fellow citizens. Moving on, Israel resumed its aerial bombing campaign and ground operation in Gaza after the temporary ceasefire between Hamas and Israel collapsed. During the seven-day pause in the fighting, Hamas freed more than 100 hostages, and Israel released more than 240 Palestinians from Israeli prisons. Following the collapse of the truce, the Israeli Defense Forces announced it was expanding its operations to all of the Gaza Strip, and called on Gazans to evacuate to the south, which the United Nations Humanitarian Office said was already overcrowded. More than 80% of Gaza's roughly 2.3 million residents have now been displaced, with most of the population already relocated to the southern territory. The top humanitarian relief coordinator at the UN said the situation keeps getting more apocalyptic, adding people are being ordered to move again with little to survive on, forced to make one impossible choice after another. Meanwhile, Israel reportedly knew that Hamas was planning a major terror attack more than a year in advance of October 7th. Israeli military and intelligence officials obtained a 40-page document last year, codenamed Jericho Wall, which detailed the October 7th attack, but officials dismissed the plan as beyond Hamas's capabilities. And yet, the attack by Hamas closely followed the outline in that document, which called for a barrage of rockets at the outset of the attack, drones to knock out the security cameras and automated machine guns along the border, and gunmen to pour into Israel en masse in paragliders, on motorcycles, and on foot, all of which happened on October 7th. Three months before the attack, Israeli intelligence warned that Hamas had conducted a day-long training exercise that mirrored what was outlined in the blueprint. Israel, however, ignored the warnings. The United States National Security Council, meanwhile, said that the U.S. intelligence community has indicated it was not aware of Hamas's plan to attack Israel and did not have access to this document. Moving on, the White House warned it will be unable to continue providing weapons and assistance to Ukraine if Congress doesn't approve additional funding by the end of the year. In letters to party leaders in the House and Senate, the White House budget chief warned that inaction threatens to kneecap Ukraine on the battlefield and will let autocracy prevail. She added, We are out of money and nearly out of time. 
Republicans want to tie Ukraine aid to U.S.-Mexico border policy changes, despite Congress failing to take meaningful action on immigration for decades. Moving on, the House voted to expel George Santos over his many fabrications on the 2022 campaign trail, as well as his 23 federal charges and a recent report from the House Ethics Committee that accused him of a complex web of unlawful activity involving his campaign, personal, and business finances. The vote makes Santos the sixth lawmaker and first Republican in U.S. history to ever be expelled from the House. Representative Max Miller, meanwhile, accused Santos of stealing his and his mother's personal credit card information to make illegal campaign contributions. Meanwhile, the EPA issued new regulations to reduce methane emissions from oil and gas industry operations by nearly 80% over the next 15 years. The rule will prevent an estimated 58 million tons of methane from escaping into the atmosphere, the equivalent of nearly all the carbon dioxide emitted by the power sector in 2021. It's also equivalent to taking more than 300 million gas-powered cars off the road for a year. The amount of methane that would be captured from cutting down on leaks would be enough to heat nearly 8 million American homes for the winter. At the same time, many of the world's biggest oil companies pledged to slash methane emissions from their wells and drilling operations by more than 80% by the year 2030. And finally, the president of the Global Climate Summit, COP28, claimed there is no science that proves fossil fuels must be phased out to avoid catastrophic warming and keep global temperatures from rising above 1.5 degrees Celsius over pre-industrial levels. The Sultan of the United Arab Emirates, who is also the chief executive of the UAE's state-run oil company, made the comments a little over a week before he officially began to preside over the annual UN climate negotiations. The UN, meanwhile, warned that nations must cut emissions from fossil fuels by 43% by the end of this decade, compared to 2019 levels, if they hope to limit warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius. The UN Secretary General said the 1.5 degree limit is only possible if we ultimately stop burning all fossil fuels, not reduce, not abate, phase out, with a clear time frame aligned with 1.5 degrees. That's all for now. You can find the links and sources for all of these stories on the main website. And as always, visit whatthefuckjusthappentoday.com for the latest news and headlines. Until next time, I'm Joe Mditas. 